tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and boy oh boy when you start off thursday looking at an fbi warning <laughs> i'm telling you mark this is worse than 60 minutes showing up at your office monday morning you know back in the day <laughs> yep. remember that when, when that was a, a thing uh-huh that people if you if you're running a shady business and you you know your your day only got worse because morley safer showed up you know that's right <laughs> there's right. a there's a reporter and a guy with the camera at your door yep. it's not going to be a good day <laughs> nope <laughs> oh my Well, the FBI recently warned consumers against using free public charging stations. They say crooks have managed to hijack public chargers that can infect devices with malware. That's software that can give hackers access to your phone, your tablet, your computer. They say avoid using free charging stations in airports, hotels, or shopping centers. Bad actors have figured out ways to use public USB ports to introduce malware and monitoring software onto devices. Carry your own charger and USB cord and use an electrical outlet instead. Of course, what they're talking to is the free, you know, the open USB checks that people have installed in, in their businesses and right. like airports and like and, and such. That's crazy, man. Yeah. The FBI offers similar guidance on its website to avoid public chargers. The, uh, the, uh, or similar uh, guidance on the website to avoid the public chargers. The, bu- the bulletin didn't point to any recent instances of consumer harm or juice jacking, uh, from juice jacking, that is. The uh, FBI's Denver field office said the message was meant as an advisory and that there was no yeah. specific case that prompted it. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you would say, that? I would say that if they're issuing a warning, they've got mm-hmm. cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, it never uh, occurred to me that that would be an issue, though. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, Okay, if you like, if I plug my phone into the wall, you know, and use my USB charger thing, right? That's yeah. one thing. Yeah. But you can plug the USB cable into your computer, and it'll also charge or and react to different things. But I didn't know you could like take and mess with power that way. There are well, it's not power. It's uh, like nowadays, if uh, there are some places that'll have a little, they'll uh, there'll be a wall plate there that looks like an electrical wall plate that'll have electrical outlets on it, but it's got USB connections on it, right? So if you're you're you know you walk through airports and you'll see see people sitting on the floor next to a post and yeah. the post has got outlets on it and they're they're charging their phone or whatever right. and there there might be one of those plates with USB connections on it and people are charging their phones yeah. or their pet tablets or whatever and right. people uh, from what I can gather it's like somebody walks in pulls the panel off clicks something and you know plugs something in the back of it puts the panel little the plate back on again and now they're siphoning information off your device uh, okay. It's kind of like the yeah. uh, card readers at, at yeah. uh, gas pumps and such. Yeah. Okay. If they would just turn their ingenuity and creativity and smartness for good, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. no, no, you got to mess. Everything they mess with is messing with my life. And I hate it, Mark. Yeah. It's really making me mad. You yeah. know what? I, I think that nonviolent criminals should go to prison forever and never get And I mean, hard labor. <laughs> I'm talking, you know what? We make do, guys who pull off cyber crimes and, and do things that geek the rest of us out. They should be sentenced to a life of taking a, a hammer and mashing up old iPhones. That should be their job for the rest of their life. Ruining technology with mm. a hammer. I imagine the Clintons are hiring. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show and a stupid criminal. It's criminal. A stupid criminal story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I got really hung up in man shoplift scooter. That's what I kind of got stuck with, right? Yes. And, and so it, how can how can somebody work such an incredible plan as to steal a uh, a Razor scooter mm-hmm. and be stupid enough to get caught and become a stupid criminal? That's I can't figure this out. If you're, if you're smart enough to get out of the store, you got to be smart enough to get away with it. Well, I say we find out. A 28-year-old transient shoplifted a $540 Razor brand electric scooter at the Target store on State Road 100 in Palm Coast. Hey, Mark. Yes? Before you go any further. Yes? You said transient man. Yes. You know what I was thinking? Do you remember the the good old days when you said somebody was a tranny and that meant they were a bum? They were a transient person? Right, yes. That's, yeah, he's a tranny. Leave him alone. Oh, those are the good old days, right? When hobos were trannies. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was a long time ago, but yeah, you're right. I know. Yeah. Mm. I know. I learned it from Hobo Kelly on PBS. There you go. Well, he winds up in uh, in Flagler County Jail on two misdemeanor counts. The transient told a Flagler County Sheriff's deputy that since he was homeless, he didn't have a way to get around. He needed a ride, so he lifted one. <laughs> Court records indicate the man was driving until 2018. If legally, he was he has numerous arrests for driving on a suspended or revoked license. He was also in drug court several years ago, and last year was convicted of a third-degree felony for cocaine possession, serving a few months in jail for it. A surveillance video of the incident shows the homeless man entering Target at noon, taking a shopping cart, then heading to the sporting goods section where he took the scooter and placed it in the cart. He rolled the cart out of the store. A Target employee called authorities. When a sheriff's deputy arrived, he saw the man on the sidewalk assembling the scooter. He stopped on the sidewalk out front and wow. put it together in a, wow. in, a, in a brief body camera segment. By the way, that answers your questions, how he yeah. got caught. <laughs> wow. in, in a brief body camera segment, the man didn't initially answer whether he'd bought the item. His arrest report states he did. <laughs> deputies uh, deputies routinely search individuals as they're being detained or placed under arrest the deputy found a small metal pipe burned at one end hmm the deputy concluded it was used to smoke drugs the man was charged with possession of drug paraphernalia in addition to the, the shoplifting charge bond said it two grand he's still sitting in the in the county jail <laughs> wow well you know there's a couple of problems i have with the way this guy looks at the world you know yes he says he's homeless right and he, he because he's homeless he doesn't have a way to get around right you need to train. but if you're truly homeless aren't you always home no matter where you are there you have it you know you don't need to get around <laughs> i follow you what's got me bothered is that i follow you <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show i'm beginning to think the stories that you're finding are punchlines to jokes man <laughs> it's like the crazy joke book and mark just wrote down a headline saying hey let's find a story to fit this <laughs> tupperware warns company mm-hmm. what like it could go out of business yeah wow they but, could be going out of business all right but i'm looking at going tupperware warns company could go out of business mm-hmm. i'm thinking did Tupperware have some people hanging out at his house? And Mr. Tupperware said, hey, 
you know, get out. <laughs> oh, no, he warns, oh, yeah, the visitor's company. Yeah, hey, right. how are you people? I'm warning you. I could be going yeah. out of business. That's hey. what I'm, I'm thinking. Tupperware is warning people. Oh, I got you. Well, I'm with you. Okay. All right. So that's okay. Yikes. I love Tupperware. I yeah. really missed, I miss good Tupperware. Yeah. I got the so real, used to this cheap stuff, you know? Yeah, the real Tupperware. That's some, like, there's a reason they have, the, it has a lifetime warranty. I mean, right. It's it's that good. That stuff you the buy off is, the shelf at the store, mm-hmm. not so much. But the stuff that kind of has that whitish clear look that isn't quite whitish or clear when you first buy it, yeah. it becomes kind of gray and old. Hey, it still works. You just don't want to put any food in it <laughs> That's anymore. Right. That's right. Yeah, I know it's got a crack in the top. You're putting it in the fridge anyway. What are you worried about? <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and actually, if you've got a crack in the top of Tupperware, we need to sign you up for you know dwarf tossing or something oh, if they gosh. still have that. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. your, your family's favorite iconic storage wear could soon be history. Tupperware is barely staying afloat. The company says it's looking for financing because it doesn't have enough cash to fund its operations. Tupperware is also exploring potential layoffs and reviewing its real estate portfolio. They own a pretty good big bit of land in Florida. Stocks plunged 40% in pre-market trading Monday. The New York Stock Exchange has also warned Tupperware could be delisted for not filing a required annual report. Wow. They've been in business for 77 years, and they're struggling to stay relevant and attract younger customers. And I would think that probably makes perfect sense because the business model is, you know, going into people's homes and demonstrating the product. And now people say, no, you can't do that. I'll just order stuff online. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm with you. I don't see how, I I mean, is Amway... Look, <laughs> if your business is so bad that you're not filing annual reports, you can get delisted and everything else. And who do you think is going to loan you money? Mm, you know, yeah. when you say, look, I need this loan because I can't make payroll. Um, that you're once you got one foot in the grave, the other on a banana peel. I'm not yeah. loaning you money on that. Yeah. that. You know what? The only one that's going to do that is Guido <laughs> down on the corner and he's going to do it. But he's coming to get, he doesn't call it interest. He calls mm-hmm. it the big, you know? <laughs> That's like saying, yeah, we're just having a little cash flow problem. That means there's no money coming in. <laughs> so yeah. There's no cash flowing through your business. So this is a, this kind of hits home for us here for in our house because Jane was a Tupperware manager for a few years. She got the car and everything, you know? And wow. Yeah. She had the little, the, uh, the station wagon and drove around and did parties and, and, uh, and wow. she recruited people and she had a bunch of girls working underneath her and, and so she was in, wow. yeah, she, she did that for a while. And I, we made some, made some very dear friends in the process, you know, people all doing the same thing. And, <laughs> and it's better to have make friends than money anyway. Yeah, well, right? I mean, you know, but the, it, it eventually got to the point where it's like, like she's bringing these people up and, and it becomes more and more and it bigger and bigger. And, and she decided she'd rather just go work a real job to make the money, you know, oh, another wow. job. But yeah, it just, uh, it, it just didn't suit her once it grew to a certain point, I guess the, yeah. that's the way I'm looking at it. But it's just, they're good people. They're, uh, they're, yeah. it's just, you know, it's people that they believe in something and they want to help other people to discover right. what they've discovered and that, and get them to believe in it as well. And that's, that's really what Tupperware was built on. And sure. nowadays where you can just open your, you know, pull your cell phone up and say, yeah, I need a new container. And you go to Amazon and it's there the next day. Right. And it's going to be tough for them to stay in business because it costs so much more than the gray stuff you buy off the shelf. You were talking about a while ago, you know? Yeah. Well, 
Such is life, Mark. But I miss all the Tupperware stuff. My mom, I miss it. I miss yeah. the good Tupperware. The stuff I use now is is throwaway. It's disposable. Yeah. Well, that's not Tupperware. But I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't have anything. I the Tupperware stuff I have is hand. We've it's, got generational Tupperware, man. I think I've got some of Mimi's Tupperware when when they celebrated their one year birthday with a Tupperware party in yeah. in somewhere in in south of uh, Birmingham. I think that's where my mother in law started getting her Tupperware because I'm using it. <laughs> LiveRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, you and I both like the game of golf. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a wonderful thing to do and play. I, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm hoping I can again soon, but it's a back thing, you know? Right, yeah. And and it's a grip thing because I, I, you wouldn't know it to look at me because I, I, I am looking more and more like crazy old man. I'm gritting my teeth and I've got my hand balled up in a fist half the time. Like I'm waiting for those young whippersnappers to get in my yard, you know? Yeah. Yes. And I'm not going to do anything about it, but I'm going to squeeze my fist together like I could if I uh-huh. if I could just get down these freaking stairs, you know? Uh-huh. But, um, anyway, <laughs> I, I would like to think that one day I would be able to get out on the links again, but uh, yeah. sure enough, I'm slowly but surely talking to my grandson about the uh, golf clubs that I've got that he's not allowed to touch. Yes. How I really don't care if he touches them now. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh so, no. <laughs> whenever I see an all, now I see the story about an all Australian golf course, water hazard. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. If there, if this is a golf story mm-hmm. and there is not, and tiger woods is not in it. Yeah. Then we know it's not real golf. Right. Because obviously you can't have, you know, a story about golf without tiger woods. Well, I don't know. There's Greg Norman. You know, he's from Australia, and he was a, a famous golfer for years. Oh, so. he still is. He, yes, he is. He joined that live tour. He did. You know, he was wow. one. Of, man, you know what? The live tour. It's like they're paying these old guys who can't really compete anymore yeah. millions of dollars just to say they're part of it. Right. And I'm like, if I'm 50 years old and can't play against the 30 mm-hmm. year olds, yes. I mean, Mike. You know what? I think they actually offered. Uh, Chai Chai Rodriguez's spot. If they could just get him dug up, you know? I saw a meme the other day. I think it was yesterday. These two golfers who had actually been in the uh, in the Masters tournament, and one says to the other, did you see all those live tour guys at the 18th, uh, at the 18th green? And the other guy says, no. And the first guy says, neither did I. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's funny and cold. I love yes, it. it is. <laughs> well, it may be the only shark infested golf course in the world. Carbrook Wait a minute. Golf you brought Club. Up, you brought up Greg Norman. His yes. nickname was the shark. Yes. That's why I thought of him. Okay. <laughs> this is a whole lot more than gators and snakes on the course like we ran into in Florida. I tell you what, man, if you got a shark, you got a land shark playing, it's time to go home. That's right. The Carbrook Golf Club has between six and 12 bull sharks inhabiting the lake bordering the course. How exactly did they get there, you ask? Well, I'm glad you did. A river flood swept the predators into a a nearby lake, and the rest is history. A resident there says, the first time I ever saw one, some men were feeding it, and it came up, and it was just like jaws coming up out of the water. Well, since their arrival, the sharks have bred over time and multiplied because, uh, of course, they have. Maybe these are harmless sharks, you might think? No, no. In the wild, they're responsible for dozens of fatal human attacks, and the National Wildlife Foundation stated that they have aggressive tendencies. That's the bull sharks. 
sharks. Wow. So let's put these aggressive <laughs> tendency sharks in water where I'm too stupid to not jump in to get my golf ball. <laughs> there is not a long enough ball retriever for me to play that course. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. You know, Mark, every now and again when I'm having a moment of uh, quiet and reflection and I think about how fun it is to play with my grandson, and I wonder sometimes about how people who actually have a child in their 50s, okay, how do they do it, you know? Because with a grandson, you know, you can go... Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Go, go home. Go to your mind. Yeah. Here's a candy bar. Here's ice cream. And now go home, you know? <laughs> yes. And, but you can't do that if it's a child. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, sure, I don't yeah. have the, I don't have the mentality anymore. Yeah. I mean, look, when I was younger, I held my tongue only because we were out in public and I was afraid that some, you know, that it, somebody will call really DHR. Did, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but now it's like, I really don't care. I mean, I love them, but you're, you know what? If I discipline or do anything, no, it, mm-hmm. it, that's not your job. Yeah. But I'm just, how do you do it? Because the older you get, you're like that. You know, mm-hmm. when you know, we talk about crazy, get off my lawn guy. Well, yeah. those are the guys that are just frustrated in life, mean guys. But really, the rest of us become more docile, more laid back, mm-hmm. more forgiving, more patient. Yeah. Because, you know, I just remember, I remember my uncle Raymond, you know, when he was like in his 80s. And I was like 14 and I asked him to drive me to the store and uncle Raymond, I'm not kidding. Mark, the man had ear hair covering his ears that he looked like he was wearing earbuds. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if he could hear me or not. That was like a filter, but uncle Raymond, we're driving and we're in a 55 mile an hour zone and he's doing 35, right? <laughs> and he's got both hands on the wheels. And he, I'm like, you know, uncle Raymond, did, you, you can go faster. He goes, Dave, why? Because it's the speed limit. You can go a lot faster than you're going right. But why would I? I am not in a hurry for anything. I'm like, look, the biggest thing of his day, he wakes up, he pees, and sits back down and waits to eat. That's that's his day. I mean, so really, what else is there? If you take a guy like that out of his comfort, out of his home, yeah, you're, you know what? He's going to stop and meet everybody he can. Yes. And even if he's antisocial, yep. he's going to find way. And one of the ways to meet people, do 35 and a 55. Do that. <laughs> In the left Every, lane if you can. Everybody's going to wave at you. That's for sure. <laughs> and, and at the end, Uncle Raymond's going to go, see, Dave, told you I'm number one. Wow. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. Yeah, Mark, a few minutes ago, when I ended up talking about Uncle Raymond. Yes. This is why. <laughs> the headline, a 90-year-old woman, okay? Yes. Becomes a, a semi-celebrity in the UK after <laughs> something that she did. And my biggest thing, was she the driver? <laughs> was she I the driver? I don't know. It doesn't say, okay. does it? it? It says she and her daughter, who is 61, were driving. Right. But it doesn't say which one was at the wheel. Right. Right. Okay. So just... Okay. Throwing it out there. She could have been the one driving. She very well could have been. In, in that All event, right. she's still my hero. I mean, because oh, Miss, come, come she's on. Mrs. Magoo, man. I'm telling you, what she thought about doing is just genius, and I wish I'd thought of it a handful of times. A 90-year-old woman has become somewhat of a local legend in the U.K. after she became stranded while driving thanks to a pothole. 
but that but that wasn't going to stop her from getting the kebab she wanted. She's going out to get something to eat. That's what she mm. wants, right? 90-year-old Kath Keynes and her daughter, Jill Hyerson, who's 61, were driving to a local restaurant for lunch when their front tires were blown out by a pothole. Both front t- That was a big pothole. Wow. Yeah. As well as being annoyed by the about the damage to the car, the two women were seriously hungry because their reservation time had slipped away from them. Uh, so they called the British version of AAA, which is AA, not to be confused with AA here, because that would be totally inappropriate, and had a genius idea to address their rumbling stomachs, a takeout order delivered to their car <laughs> while they waited for their rescue. Wow. I love it. <laughs> she says it was a very interesting conversation with the delivery driver, but they found us and were very friendly and helpful due to Kathy's cat's uh, age. The double uh, A was able to get a repair technician to them just over an hour after being stranded. So, a couple of things kind of come to mind. Yes, she was driving. That's why they got the double A guys, you know. <laughs> and but think about this: the woman's ninety. Okay, she's driving. Mm. But beyond that, it took them over an hour. Yes, and a ninety-year-old person over an hour—they could have died three times. Man, come on. <laughs> Why? They could have and, choked on the kebab. And when, when you think of it, don't you think a 90-year-old person doesn't need you as fast as, say, a 30-year-old? Oh. A 30-year-old's got things to do. You got a young family. You got a job. You got a boss. You, you know, if you're in your 30s, man, you got a lot of, you got a lot of responsibility usually, mm-hmm. and you got a lot of people breathing down your neck telling, you know, and yet if you're 90, if you've got people breathing down your neck, get a new, stop, you know? <laughs> liveradio.fm it's the mark and mac show and at some point in time with the proliferation of uh smartphones with cameras and things and, and digital uh, or, or rather the uh satellites orbiting earth where we get google earth and things like that and you know if we can get such great pictures on google earth okay yeah you know that our military already has that real-time stuff that they can <laughs> you know yeah. use a they they can use a drone from three miles away to see what mm. kind of toilet paper you use inside your house and what floor or bathroom you're using you know <laughs> they can tell that so eventually we're all going to have that but meanwhile <laughs> right i don't see why there are any mysteries on earth left because mm. we should be able to get loch ness Mon- if loch ness monster exists we should have video mm. yeah, i yeah. just we should i think we do uh but the thing is most of us Look at him, nah, somebody faked that. that because, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah. I think we probably already have, kind of like Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, that guy, I see the zipper on the guy's back. That's your Bigfoot. Okay, thanks. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. So whenever there's a mysterious creature caught on a camera, mm-hmm. it better not be blurry. Because right. if you've got a blurry digital camera thing and that's the best you got, yeah. we got problems. Well, we had a mysterious creature story from Texas yesterday, and they had actually a not a bad picture. Yeah. They just didn't know what right. the heck it was. You know? Right. I agree. I <laughs> yeah. still don't. I looked at it, and I still don't know what it was. I don't either. It looks like a, that could be a bear. No, it's not a it's a gopher. No, that's a... I don't it's know a what chupacabra. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a chupacabra. Yes. There you go. <laughs> well, the founder of a New Orleans preschool is trying to identify a mysterious creature she caught on camera swimming in a lagoon at a city park. It's a three-year-old that knows how to swim. That's what it is. <laughs> you run a daycare. Come on. Kim Frusciante posted a video to the Instagram page for the preschool, Early Partners, showing this large creature swimming at a New Orleans city park. 
Frusciati said she spotted the mysterious swimmer while walking in the park's sculpture garden with her family. Quote, we looked into the water and saw a mysterious serpent-like creature. It is nothing I've seen before on land or sea. The great people of the internet seem to think it's a genetically modified carp fish created in a lab and released to city park because that's going to happen. Yeah. The teacher said she was shocked by the size of the animal quote. It was quite long. I have a four-year-old slightly smaller than it. And it was weaving on the surface and a lot of scales. The tail was red and it was swishing around aimlessly hanging out on the surface much longer than a normal fish. She says her preschool students are working to identify the creature because that's your base for scientific research right there. (laughs) She says in our sea creature studies and, 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 they're, they're trying to find it in their sea creature studies. We haven't seen anything like this in our books. I'm pretty well convinced that it was it is the Loch Ness Monster of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> New Orleans City Park officials said they're reviewing the footage and will work with their aquatic partners to try to identify the species depicted in the video. Aquatic partners? <laughs> Call him Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, are we? Yeah, is that what we're doing? And Flipper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all working on it. <laughs> they turn out it'll be a homeless guy taking a bath, you know? <laughs> Probably, but I'm still a little <laughs> flustered by the idea that, you know, we're going to let the preschoolers work on this for us, man, when it could be the <laughs> long nest Bigfoot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, it's the Mark and Matt show where if you are feeling a little weird today, like <laughs> the truth is out there somewhere, we're not doing that. That's not our thing. We're not no, Art no, Bell no. on the radio. However, no, no. I do believe in UFOs, Loch Ness Monster, and Bigfoot. And I do not believe in the designated hitter in baseball. I do not like AstroTurf. And Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone. Matter of fact, I don't even think he shot Kennedy. So as long as we're throwing everything out there. Let's talk about the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> a tourist claims to have captured proof. I tell you, proof of the Loch Ness Monster on camera with photos showing a long neck. 55-year-old yeah. John Payne was admiring the scenery from a window when he noticed strange movement on the nearby water. The father of three grabbed his camera and managed to grab several pictures, which seem to show a shape on the surface. John, he's a retail worker from Newport, Wales, said, I was looking out at the scenery from the window, and this huge thing just appeared out of nowhere. I tried to get a picture, but it was gone, and then it popped up again further down the lock. I took another picture and then zoomed in on my camera and waited to see if it would appear again, and it did. It must have been something very large because we were about a mile away from the lock, and I could see it clearly. <sighs> hmm. This is, I and I know by now you've looked at the pictures. And I, the thing is, I looked at the pictures and thought, okay, that could literally be anything. I mean, <laughs> it, if my first, my first thought was, well, it's a swan or, you know, right. a goose or something like that. And then oh, that could be, that could be a floating piece of a tree with a limb sticking yeah. up. You know, it could be anything, but oh no, it's the, yeah. it's Nessie. Well, I'm going to be honest. I did not look at the pictures yet. Really? You know why? Why? Nope. <laughs> because if I'll, the, we can debate oh, it all day. I you know. know. It does. It, it's like, wait a minute. What was the scene in meatballs, Mark? It just doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, I know. And unless I have the carcass on, you know what? Even if I see video of the, the, the dead Loch Ness monster, 
and it's a monster and right. it's on the beach somewhere on yeah on the sand i'm still not believing it right yeah because i got tricked by the mermaid show when it was on discovery <laughs> channel and another thing i know that if you actually did start looking i could give you a call at four o'clock this afternoon you would still be looking <laughs> It's just, it, it's the wormhole. It's the wormhole of weird creatures. Once you well, start. As, as we're going there, you know, they store these babies, you know, they, they store them in, 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 the, in Antarctica. That's why Antarctica is off limits to everybody. Did you know that? No. Did you know Antarctica is actually off limits? The countries of the world have all signed. The only thing, they can't agree on nuclear. They can't agree on anything else, okay? They cannot agree on anything else about uh -huh. our, the people. But they can agree that nobody lets anybody go to Antarctica? Uh -huh. How is that? Yeah. How is that? I mean, is it really the flat earth? Is that really the, are we like Planet of the Apes and that is the forbidden zone? I'm just saying that that could be where we have the proof of Bigfoot, mm -hmm. Loch Ness monster, and aliens yeah. and everything else right mm -hmm. there. And what are the, the the governments of the world all agreed? You can't go there. Mm. You'll find out the answers. Yeah, you will find out that at the end of every universe, there's a little man with a flashlight looking for the on-off switch. You know, the Mark and Mac Show. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and every now and again on this program there will come a story that i look at and go okay just for, just for giggles here i had no idea okay <laughs> and nor did i ever think i should look this up mm -hmm. you know people are just now discovering what wd40 stands for yeah it's something i learned just in the last year myself actually Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Because, and, and the thing is, I learned it from listening to, actually, it's probably two years ago now, listening to Mike Rose, The Way I Heard It podcast, which is stories about things that you know, but you don't know the stories is about this, them. Yeah. Wait a minute. This is a ripoff of Paul Harvey's The no, Rest. Actually, it's a tribute to Paul Harvey. He actually says so because he misses Paul Harvey and he, somebody yeah. needs to pick up that torch and keep carrying it. So he And did. you know what? If you can make money ripping off somebody as good as Paul Harvey, <laughs> I think it's awesome. So you And I love Mike Rowe. Yes. Well, many DIYers have, a, have used WD-40 from time to time. Few of them have any idea what the name of the product actually stands for. People are only now just realizing after years of using the product what it actually means, and it turns out their assumptions were way off. <laughs> WD-40 has more than 2,000 uses and was first created in 1953 as a way to protect the outer skin of U.S. Atlas missiles from rust and corrosion. That was the reason for developing it. It wow. was created by chemist Norm Larson, who worked in a small lab in California and soon came up with the idea of selling it to the general public. The product was made available across the U.S. in 1958, and today it's available in 187 countries around the world. Although many DIYers have a can of WD-40 on a shelf, few actually know what the acronym stands for. In a recent tweet, American journalist David Muir asked his nearly 800,000 followers, what does WD-40 stand for? Several people gave David the answer, but many were surprised to learn it stands for Water Displacement 40th Formula. <laughs> the name is actually obvious. It was the 40th attempt at making the formula. Number 40 is the one that worked. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And I'll be honest with you. I actually had no idea and i did not look 
ahead on the story because I wanted to find out what it was. Yeah. I kind of assumed it was down this path, but the only reason I even assumed it was because of when um, uh, the Motor City Madman, Ted Nugent, yeah. made a big gaff a couple of years ago about COVID-19. Oh, he said, <laughs> why didn't we hear about COVID-17 or COVID-18? Why is it we just now hear about COVID-19? And, and that's the year that they actually named it, right? Right. And yes. so anyway, I didn't know why COVID was COVID-19 until yeah, that yeah. article. And of course, I didn't act like it at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I, I had, I was, all I was thinking is when Ted Nugent said, what about number 17 and 18? I was actually at first going, yeah, what about that? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I don't jump out there on the old bandwagon with WD-40A because, you know what, mm -hmm. they're going to come back in a couple of weeks and go, just kidding. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show you know if you listen to this show every day you're going to learn a lot hmm. you, you learn a lot about stuff you don't care about but you're going to learn a lot oh yeah so it's you, educational you radio will be a font of useless information <laughs> but you know we were talking a little bit about it a little bit ago about wd-40 yeah. and what it stands for and the many uses and i was just sitting here thinking you know what i think you can use it as both a hair wash thing and a hair removal. I think, you know, if you can make up something that, that is just has some grit. I don't know. I'm thinking, is there anything duct? Every home has duct tape and WD 40. We yeah. all have it. Yeah. We and do. I'm like, so do you, what do you use it for mainly? Do you, when do you use it to loosen stuff? Uh, well, yes, I do. Okay. And, uh, it, just for general lubrication for things, yeah. you know, but, it's the thing is it's good for that sort of thing, but it's not a, uh, it's not what they call a penetrant. Like if you've right. got something, it's all rusted up. It doesn't do yeah. that. Yeah. But, uh, it's good. But for, we try anyway. Yes, we do. It's good. It's usually the only thing I have at the time, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it's like, well, wait a minute. This thing's rusted on here. All right. Now here are my choices. A pink hammer, uh, <laughs> duct tape a and a can of WD-40. That's right. Well, <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go with Alex. Can I have what is a WD forty for you know? Yeah, gonna try that there WD forty. Yep. And if that doesn't work, I'll try the pink hammer. I'll just knock yeah. it on the side a little bit. Yeah. Well, here's right. a, here's a little DIY information for you. Uh, it's oh. a lot che a lot cheaper than WD forty. It's a lot cheaper than PB blaster. It's a lot cheaper yeah. than liquid wrench. A lot of people are familiar with right. all of those things. Um, it's a mixture fifty fifty half and half of acetone and automatic transmission fluid. You mix them together really? and it actually does a much better job than any of the highest, highest rated products on the, on the shelf today. And it's a lot cheaper, a lot. Hmm. You just mix it up yourself. Really? Yeah. yeah. Automatic well, transmission. Can you, fluid. Use the gen can you use the generic version of the transmission fluid or you yeah. gotta use Chevron? No, no, it doesn't matter no. which, it doesn't matter which kind you use automatic transmission uh. fluid and acetone, which is basically nail polish remover. Right. You should know, mix it 50, 50, half and half. But every time you yeah. use it, you do need to shake it up because it will separate while it sits, uh. shake it up, wow. and squeeze it onto whatever. And it will, it, it, there are studies out there. They've been all these comparisons. I saw it pop up recently and, and I decided to go digging around on YouTube and I found video after video after video of people doing the comparisons and it works better than anything else. Well, and it's cheap. Hmm. So there you go. You know what? I will pick that up with the rest of my supply of Mentos and diet <laughs> Coke and other stuff. And 
<laughs> when you're at we'll the Dixie just, Mart today, just <laughs> grab you some ATF yeah. and acetone. <laughs> well, we'll have Professor Proton show right here at the Dave Mack show. There That's you go. It. LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Mac Show. <laughs> the most sexist thing ever said between the Mark and Mac Show. And anybody. That's what I have a wife for, Mark. It was terrible. Okay. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, Mark. The funeral is uh, this weekend. Oh. <laughs> you know, you know, it's weird, Mark. I, yeah. I saw this. It's like, okay. I've been on the radio or TV since 1978, all right? Yeah. Been on for a while, and it's an everyday thing. It always has been. All my kids grew up where, you know, at, at different points in time, they all thought I worked in the dashboard of whatever car we owned at the time, you know? <laughs> That's right. And I can see you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and all of, anyway, but through all of that, my kids, it's like, I, I'm not kidding when I tell you this, Mark, but. We had a really cool show a while back and uh, on, on Nancy's show when it was on HLN. I say a while back. It was 10 years ago. Mm. And I was very proud of it. It was a very well-done show. I had a, I played a major role in it. And anyway, and they were, they were all talking about different things they watched the night before. And I'm like, they were watching CNN, HLN, Fox. <laughs> they were watching. They were watching me. I'm like, wow. And, but the thing is, is that Hannah was... On, when she was in high school, she was in, and it, by the way, this was the same year this happened, okay? All right, same year that we had something I was very proud of. I was in Atlanta for a couple of days doing it, and that same year, Hannah was in Montgomery. Uh, she was uh, doing an intern thing with, uh, at the time, State Representative Becky Nordgren, and they had passed a law. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was a big one, and Hannah was actually on the House floor when they did it. And they had the news cameras in there with Becky Norgren, you know, talking and Hannah was like over her left shoulder. Right. Mm. I kid you when I tell you, I got a phone call saying, Dave, set the DVR for the news tonight because Hannah's going to be on it. And I thought, very cool. They're going to interview her. And it was like, no, it was that it was the, <laughs> she's right there over her right hand shoulder. I'm like, what? And y'all haven't even watched. <laughs> Come on. I mean, think about it, man. It's like and dad's on headline news on this, yeah. on this groundbreaking thing. Yes. What they want to record is one of the kids over some kid, somebody's yeah. shoulder on the news. That's, it just goes to show you that, you know, I, I guess they just, no. yeah. When you're a nobody at home, it's you a, know how to cook and clean for yourself. It's a prophet in his own village, Dave. That's the whole thing. That's what it is. No wow. respect. I'm telling you, you know, no respect. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show where if we could have a car for the Mark and Mac show, it would not be a Bradley GT. Yeah. Because we're too old to look cool driving it. And the rest of my family says you didn't look cool when you were young. And that car's <laughs> never looked cool. I disagree with them, but what are you going to say? Right. But if we could have a car, it would be, we would dig the winter mobile. You oh know? yeah. I think, I think that would be a fun car for you and I to have. Absolutely. But you know, if we did, you know, they would not pay us for the advertising. 
They're like, no, you you can have the Wiener Mobile, but you got to have the Oscar Mayer logo on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but usually you pay us for that, guys. You know, we get paid for that. Well, we're not paying you. We're going to allow you to drive it with it. I mean, like, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, we could set up remote equipment in the Wienermobile and just broadcast from wherever we were. Just look for the Wienermobile. Yeah. That's where we are. You right. Know? I, we I'm with you. Yeah. All right. I like that idea. Well, but I, it's kind of funny. I don't think of Oscar Mayer as being a meat manufacturer, you know? No. Because when I think of meat manufacturer, I think of somebody creating something that vegans can call meat. That's what <laughs> I mean. A meat manufacturer. Yeah. Like, isn't that the cow? Uh-huh. Isn't that? Uh, you're I mean, exactly right. It is the cow. If, yeah. If you are a meat manufacturer, whatever you're making, it ain't meat. So it right. is sawdust, mm-hmm. nails, and right. glue. That's what our. Okay. So more precisely, Oscar, Ma- Oscar Mayer is a meat processor. Not on the uh-huh. meat manufacturer. Anyway, oh, Oscar- let's hope that is the case, okay? <laughs> yeah, let's we, hope. That's right. Oscar Meyer has announced its uh, recognizable Wienermobile is being transformed into a Las Vegas chapel for two days <laughs> of weddings. The hot dog-shaped vehicle will be parked outside the Little White Wedding Chapel in Las Vegas, April 15th and 16th, for the Wienermobile of Love event. Couples who sign up for a time slot on OscarMeyer.com will be treated to an all-expense-paid wedding ceremony outside the Wienermobile and led by Oscar Meyer employees known as hot doggers. Each ceremony will wow. feature performances by a Wiener Whistle Quartet, and wow. serve up a wonderfully odd wiener cake, the company wow. says in a news release. Spokesman Ed Rowland said Oscar Mayer receives thousands of requests each year for the Wienermobile to make stops at weddings. Quote, now, as more people seek stress-free ceremonies with their partners, our hot doggers are thrilled to reignite the joy of this special day and give them a once-in-a-lifetime experience, a wedding through a pair of meat-colored glasses. Wow. I'm digging these guys, man. I just don't think I would have gone with meat-colored glasses. I love it. <laughs> That's just the coolest. I like the way they're... I'm, yeah, I love it. It's clever. I'll give them that. <laughs> so you're looking 40 years later, sitting on the sofa, looking through your wedding photos, having to explain to people what this hot dog on wheels is in the background. Mark, you know what? In 40 years, there's going to be so many people having to explain why they got tattoos over half their body. The Wienermobile won't be that big of a deal. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, I am a, uh, I'm one of these people that likes Christmas stuff year round. Yeah. And it, it just reminds me of my mom. You know, it's just. One of the we all have wonderful memories from our childhood. Yeah. Well, I hope you do. Even if you had a really bad childhood, I bet you could find a day or two that were okay. I mean, <laughs> and if you didn't, then bless your heart for hanging in there and hopeful. I'm telling you, yeah. man. Yeah. If if you can't think of one good day in your life, but you're trying, I don't know if you're Mister or Miss Negative, or if you're just really happy. You know, mm. <laughs> I just don't want you on my team. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But all I was thinking of is the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. You mm-hmm. know as being something people would want to show up at their wedding. And then I thought, wait a minute, just a minute here. In that movie, um, the Christmas story, or the Santa Claus rather with the, yes, the com- yeah, yes. comedian. It's what Neil wanted for Christmas, right? Yes. Yes. He, well, the, yeah. And, and he get it. He got it at the end the Oscar Meyer mm-hmm. wiener whistle. The wiener thing. whistle. Yeah. Yes. 
And it, it's just, that's what just got me all of a sudden. I went, wait a minute, man. <laughs> there are people out there right now that would pay big bucks for the Wienermobile, you know, to yeah. show up at any event. Yeah. So I'm thinking, sure, give it a little thing out there in Vegas. That's kind of cool. But boy, oh boy, you could take that thing around and what if it's like you can make it the Wienermobile jump house, you know, you just have a little door that opens up, let her, you know, you could have a race. You could do a drag race between the Wienermobile and the original Batmobile from the series, you know, wow. <laughs> think of afterburners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just wow. there, there are all kinds of things that we could do these days that really don't require much from us except a little, you know, social media and, and some news coverage. And we're there. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder, you know what though? Oscar Meyer isn't the one that had the, uh, the hot dog jingle. We like to sing all the time because no. you know, the really politically incorrect one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did I tell you I got in trouble for that. Did you now? Oh yeah. Which I knew it was going to happen. What was it? The fat kids part? Oh, uh, the whole, pretty much the, whole, the thing. whole thing. Okay. Yeah. It was, you know, sissy kids. Well, dad, what are you trying to teach Braylon? Sissy oh. kids. What is that? <laughs> oh, and I really, said, well, I was like, well, Hannah, you know, if you really want to go biblical, uh, effeminate man. I mean, I, you know, but I'm like, it was just a funny song. It was just mm -hmm. rhyming for a hot dog. But it wasn't, it wasn't hating on anybody. Right. You know, fat kids, <laughs> skinny kids, uh -huh. you know, it, we're all in there. Mm -hmm. It's saying all of us, yep. it's all inclusive hot dogs, armor, hot dogs, <laughs> the dogs, kids love to bite. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm the bad guy. <laughs> Life Radio, Odd FM, the Mark and Mag Show, right on. Yeah. All right. So I just want to move forward from we what should. we've been talking because Mark, whether it's on the air, or off the air, you and me, we're going to get busted because mm, yeah. they've got cameras everywhere. That, you know, and I'm not paranoid. I, I'm I'm not. I just know that they can hear everything we say and see yeah. everything we do. Yeah. And I said, they, it's the government, the aliens. I don't know, but somebody's watching us. And uh -huh. you know it, too. I do. I know from personal experience just a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> laying underneath the Miata, trying to get something to fit where it's supposed to fit. I've got my hands jammed up in little places that your hands are not supposed to fit in. I've got tools crammed in there, too. I'm trying to make something go back together, and I've done it like six times, and everything falls apart away from where it's supposed to be and I can't get things together and I finally I finally snapped everybody does from time to time yes it few, happens few choice words and I heard this voice come from my wrist and says well that wasn't very nice <laughs> <laughs> my apple watch fussed at me wow that's what I mean I'm telling you man <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and <laughs> you run out of fingers and toes. That's a problem. <laughs> All I'm thinking of is the New York Museum is building yes. the world's largest Donkey Kong arcade machine. Uh -huh. I thought, aren't they about 35 years too late for that, or 40 years? <laughs> I mean, because Donkey kids don't play these games anymore. Like you know, yeah, they were really cool in their day. It's kind of like, you know, Mario Kart, they've updated that and they've right, played yeah. on all kinds of, and that's really, that's the game that has withstood the test of time. But, True. you know, Mario and Luigi playing the little jumper game and Mario mm -hmm. Kart, the, that was my time of fun 
with a video gaming system. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but now, I mean, I look at them now and it's like, okay, who are you talking to? What? They're where? Holland. Okay. <laughs> Which one are you on here? Oh, that's yeah, not, you know, that's that right. it's, yes. yeah. oh, it's crazy, but I can't, I don't, I don't understand that. You know, I mean, no, I'm gonna take it back. I understand it completely. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the time for it. It's right. like, yeah, I do not want to wake up at three in the afternoon and think I just wasted six hours mm. playing a video game. Right. When I could have been scrolling YouTube videos, I could have been watching dog, but <laughs> you know, my pet, I could have been watching DIY toenail yeah. clippings. I could have been doing all that, but instead, no, I played video games. Right. As I've told right, you, so, in the, I've told you in the past, that's the reason I don't play. I, yeah. I used to play. I right. did. But if I, the thing is that it, it hits you at one point, it's three in the morning. I got to be at yeah. work at seven 30. You know, yeah, and I'm <laughs> you know? wow. But the thing is, that's why I laugh now. But I, I did catch on. The New York Museum, okay, mm-hmm. is building the world's. But if you're building something specifically going to a museum, mm-hmm. aren't you kind of defeated? Because is that the same as going out and digging up a dinosaur bone, or calling over to China and say, "Hey, I need a pla- I got a plastic mold for this Tyrone. You know this." <laughs> Well, can you make me? A, can you make one for me that looks real? Well, there are museums for everything nowadays. Yeah. I mean, we've had the stories here, the bizarro museums for oh, yeah. any number of things. Well, the the New York Museum that houses the World Video Game Hall of Fame announced it is installing a twenty foot Donkey Kong arcade cabinet designed to be the largest in the world. The yes, strong sir. the strong National Museum of Play in Rochester. See what I mean? There's mm-hmm. museums for everything. Announced on social media, it is working to create the world's largest playable Donkey Kong arcade game. The machine will be 370% larger than the original arcade cabinet, but will be fully functional and available for guests to play. The cabinet is planned to be 20 feet tall, dwarfing the 16-foot-tall Tetris cabinet that holds the Guinness World Record <laughs> for the largest arcade machine. The wow. strong, uh, strong Museum said Nintendo of America, which owns the Donkey Kong game and associated characters, provided input on the project. Donkey Kong, released in 1981, features the first appearance of perennial Nintendo hero, uh, hero Mario, although at the time of the game's release, he was known as Jumpman. Now, I didn't <laughs> know that that was the case, that he first his original name was Jumpman, and then they named him Mario later. Hmm. Wow, uh, the, the machine is supposed to be making its debut on June 30th, in case you'd like to go to New York, to Rochester, to play it. Man, I'm already looking at my reservations. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. No. Can I write this off? I don't know. Is it, is it show-related? Is it business-related? Yeah, it could yeah. be. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, Mark, and I mean this in all sincerity. If I'm standing outside the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, <laughs> nah, I'm not going in unless I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Matt Show. I hope you guys have a great day. Yeah. You know, I really do. It's just... Mark and I have a great day every day. Mm-hmm. And then we complain about our aches and pains the next day. <laughs> you know? But I was thinking about it, man. I mean, it doesn't sting, man. I, I'm no. so thankful that at this stage of the game, 
that all the people who, who told both of us, you know, you can't do that for a career. You need to have a plan mm-hmm. B. What's your, what's your backup plan? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, if you have a backup plan, it, that becomes your, your backup plan prevents you from success. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Unless your backup plan is to go ahead and accept the money that your great grandfather left you in his will. I mean, Ooh. if that's part of the backup plan, you know, then why is it a backup plan? But you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you. Anyway, world's most expensive sandwich returns for grilled cheese day, Mark. Yeah, it's making me hungry, and yeah. I haven't had breakfast yet. This is killing Oops. me. A New York eatery announced it's bringing back a $214 grilled cheese that was dubbed the world's most expensive sandwich by Guinness World Records. Serendipity 3, a New York restaurant famous for its opulent creations, announced mm. the quintessential grilled cheese will return to the menu for a limited time. <laughs> national grilled cheese day the wednesday wow. national grilled cheese day when was that was that yesterday or today? yesterday it yes, was yesterday. yesterday okay yeah the 214 you can tell this was supposed to be in the show yesterday yeah. the, the 214 dollar grilled cheese was dubbed the world's most expensive sandwich by guinness world records when it would when it made its debut in 2014 the sandwich which what has to be ordered 48 hours in advance features wow. French Pullman champagne bread made with Dom, made with Dom Perignon champagne. The bread is covered in grass fed white truffle butter before being filled with slices of Cacciovallo Podolico uh, uh, cheese. Yikes. The sandwich is then toasted until golden and the edges are then gilded in 23 carat edible gold. The sandwich uh-huh. is served with a side of South African lobster tomato bisque. Serendipity 3 also holds the Guinness World Record for uh, records for the most expensive French fries and the most expensive milkshake. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. I'm with them. I mean, they got their, they got their niche. You know, that's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 48 hours in advance is kind of funny, but I'd want to watch them make it, you know? Yeah. Because you know they're not doing all that every mm-hmm. time. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. You know, 214, you know what the, the chef's back there and he's not even a chef. He's a line cook that used to be a Jack in the box, you know, <laughs> and one too many times he got freaked out by the Jack coming out of the box. So they get out of here. So he gets a job at this place and they're like, now look, people pay $214 for this. Okay. So you can't spit in it. Um, you got to wear your hair net. And what was the other thing? Uh, yeah. Don't text while you're building it because it could be a mess. <clears throat> okay, let's try this. Uh, voiceover for the Mark and Mac Show promo. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of promo. Oh? Okay. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... I don't think so. In a land before time. It's about the Mark and Mac Show. They're on the radio. One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What the... When everything you know is wrong. That's wrong. In an outpost. No. On the edge of space. Space? A girl. No. Two girls. No. Now, no. more than ever. Stop it. A renegade cop. <sighs> a robot renegade cop. You're fired. You're fired. No, you're actually fired. I'm fired. Get out of the booth, Jack. No. I like it in here. <laughs>